God, it, it sickens me. We, we are so far removed from what God has available for the true church. Not, not us, but for the, I, I should say for the true church, not for the true church. Amen. And, and that, that is where I, I find our text tonight, the spirit in which we find our text tonight. Luke chapter 24, verse 25 says, Then he said unto them, O fools, and slow of heart, to believe all that the prophets have spoken. Ought not Christ to have suffered these things? He's referring to the death, the burial, and the resurrection in Luke chapter 24. And to enter into his glory. Jesus is saying, shouldn't I have just been sacrificed on the cross for your sins and buried and resurrected? I should have been able to just go up into glory. But I couldn't do that because... Of the slow of heart. Verse 27. And beginning at Moses. Jesus sits down and gives them a Bible study. And all the prophets. He expounded unto them in all the scriptures. The thing concerning himself. The things concerning himself. And they drew nigh unto the village. Whether they went. And he made as though he would have gone further. But they constrained him, saying, Abide with us, stay with us, don't leave, it's getting late. For it, was, for it is toward evening, and the day is far spent. And he went in to tarry with them. <clears throat> and it came to pass, as he sat at meat with them, he took bread and blessed it and brake it and gave to them. And their eyes were opened. When he finally gave to them something to eat, their eyes were opened. The Bible says, and they knew him. Well, what does it say in the very next phrase? That he vanished out of their sight. And they said one to another, did not our heart burn within us? Didn't our heart burn within us while he talked with us by the way? And while he opened unto us the scriptures? I don't know if you can relate to these two gentlemen on the Emmaus Road, which is the, sub, which is the context in which we just read our text. On the way from Emmaus, you can read the scriptures before what we have just read, and you can realize that these two disciples had heard that Jesus was risen, that Jesus was alive, that he had indeed come out of the grave. That what he said was true, Brother Kaiser, that he said, I will, I will die, I will be buried, and in three days I will rise again. And they heard that that morning Mary Magdalene had run to the sepulcher, and she realized Jesus is gone. And the verses preceding the few that we just read, they, the Bible says that they knew that even the disciples had gone and confirmed what Mary said. They'd gone and seen for themselves and, and said, said that Jesus is alive. He's not there anymore. And Jesus, and Jesus in this text said, I think, he's like, why, why are you guys making me have to prove this to you? Why do you need, us, need me to prove this to you? 
Ought not Christ to have suffered these things and to enter into his glory? It should have been that simple. It should have been that. should have just believed what Jesus said. After all the miracles, after all the wonders, all, after all the signs, and that is the purpose for those miracles and signs, is to authenticate what Jesus was saying. How can a man do this unless he's sent from God? That's what Nicodemus, when he went to Jesus by night, he said, I know that you are a man sent from God. I know that you, are, you have something to do with God I, because no man can say the things that you're saying unless you're from God. That's what the, the things that Jesus said, the authority that he did them with, uh, and, and the things that he did, that's the purpose for those things. It wasn't so he could wow the crowd, but it was so that he could authenticate that the, what he was doing, he was indeed the Son of God. He indeed did come, amen, to save you and me. He truly, amen, spilt his blood as a sacrifice for us. And Jesus said, ought not Christ to have suffered these things and just return to glory? I, I wish it could have been that simple. But he spent the next 40 days walking around proving that his last miracle did happen. And he started on Emmaus, or he started with Mary Magdalene, then he... He started with the disciples and then moved on to these men. Amen. I'm not going to preach very long tonight. Amen. I've got seven pages of notes, but I promise I won't go through all of them. Amen. But I do want to leave a, a, a simple thought in your mind tonight. Slow burning hearts. Why don't we lay down our Bibles and ask the Lord to help us in the remaining few moments of this service. Thank you, Jesus, for the witness of the Holy Ghost that we've felt tonight. Thank you for the confirmation of your word. God, I'm not seeking... Lord, from a biased perspective, God, to see, amen, something happened special, amen, because I'm up here. I'm nothing, God. I just want to see your perfect will accomplished. And I know, God, you want to do something special in this place tonight. Hallelujah. I know that's the desire of the man of God, of pastor. Hallelujah. I pray, God, that you would fulfill that prayer. Hallelujah. Let the will of the Holy Ghost be accomplished. Hallelujah, Jesus. Amen. You can be seated tonight. Hallelujah. Amen. Did not our hearts burn within us? Hallelujah. Amen. Amen. There's a popular phrase that I've heard more recently. Amen. More frequently, more recently, I should try to I should say, don't believe your lying eyes. And a lot of that has to do with what's going on in the political arena and, and a lot of the things that are going on and, and and if you want to understand the real meaning of what's being said, you have to understand that the speaker is is saying it sarcastically. Don't don't believe your lying eyes. Your eyes don't lie to you. They they speak truth. Amen. Unless you've got some physical problem, unless you've got um, some issue with your vision. Amen. You're you're generally you generally use that sense. Amen. To find evidence, to find proof for whatever matter. And so for someone to tell you not to believe your lying eyes amen, is, has to be taken sarcastically because, because you have to believe what you see. You have to believe what you see. I was listening to a, um, a broadcast recently, and it was, I don't remember if it was podcast or radio, whatever it was, but, but this man had said that, 
they, uh, the question came up in the conversation. He said, what would it take? This man was an atheist, uh, not the one asking the question, but the one to whom the question was being asked. He said, what would it take for you to believe a miracle has happened? What would it take for you to believe that? If, if, if somebody, somebody, if you went to somebody's funeral on Friday and went to, went to Walmart on Saturday and you saw that person walking around, would you believe that? And the man said no. He said he wouldn't believe it. He said because, and the conversation was actually around the resurrection of Jesus Christ, kind of our topic tonight. But uh, the, the reason for, for asking the question is because the man was denying the miracles that was written about in the scripture from eyewitness accounts, from individuals who had witnessed it for themselves. And they testified to the veracity of what was occurring. And so he, the, the question was, would you believe it even if you saw it yourself? And the answer was no, I would not believe it, even if I saw it myself. I, I, he couldn't even fathom, he couldn't even imagine, Sister Desiree, what it would take for, for him to believe that a dead person has come back to life. He couldn't believe, he couldn't fathom, couldn't even wrap his mind around that concept. And, and I believe that that is really, and I'm, please don't, don't read into what I'm saying, I'm not ascribing that to any person here tonight, but I think this is a really an issue that we are battling in society as at large. We we see this. I, I sense this among uh, kids and young people and, and young adults my age and, and even younger. It takes a lot to prove, Amen. Somebody, we're living in the the age of big data, brother Josh. We we want to see data upon data upon data. We want to see as much information as we can before. We will concede the point. And even at that point, we might do it, but reluctantly. Don't believe your, your lying eyes. Amen. I, I want to talk to you about that tonight. That's exactly what was going on with those, those fellows walking down Emmaus Road. I don't know if they had been to any of Jesus' uh, seminars or not. I don't know if they had ever made it to one of his healing crusades, but they obviously knew who he was. They knew he had died because they asked Jesus, like he was crazy, are you some stranger here in Jerusalem? Do you not know what's going on? They're following the times. They've got the newspaper subscription. They've got the app downloaded. They're reading every news article coming out. They know who Jesus is. Absolutely know who Jesus is. But when Jesus himself was walking with them, when Jesus himself, who had raised from the dead, just like he said he would, he did exactly what he said he would do. And they didn't believe it. They were experiencing it. And later they admit that their heart was burning. It wasn't just any person talking to them on the road with, on, on the way uh, to Emmaus. They, they were walking down the road and, and there was something deep inside of them that was burning in their heart. And, and they, they recognized it. Amen. But they would not yield to that. They wouldn't yield to the burning of their heart. They wouldn't yield, amen, to that feeling welling up inside of them. They wouldn't yield, amen, to that. And so, amen, they walked on. And Jesus, amen, knowing that the heart is burning, 
amen, tells them, oh fool, and slow of heart. Amen. Now, I, I, I am taking these two terms and, and putting them together because these are two descriptions, biblical descriptions of the hearts. Now, I do understand what Jesus is saying here. I'm not trying to misinterpret the scripture. The interpretation here is uh, of, of that particular scripture in Luke chapter 24, verse 25. Oh, fools and slow of heart to believe all that the prophets have spoken. It means that you're, you do believe, but it's taking, you're doing it reluctantly. You believe, but, but it's taking some convincing. Okay, amen, but I'm here to propose to the church tonight, the truth church, this church, to you, that the slow burners are the good ones. Amen, when you go to, if you go on a camp, camp, camp outing with Brother Goff, he's probably extra prepared. He's got guns, he's got, I'm not, hopefully I'm not ousting you here, but. You don't want to sneak up on Brother Goff when he's camping. I, I, I wouldn't recommend it. Uh, even though he likes to hang from trees and all kinds of stuff, I, I do not get how this man sleeps in a hammock swinging in between two trees. I, I don't get that. I need a bed. <laughs> I need a two-inch piece of foam at, at the very minimum. Uh, thankfully, they supply those in, in tents or, or that you can attach to the top of your truck. That you can <laughs> anyway, okay, I digress. But, but, but Brother Goff is prepared. Amen. So possibly, now I don't want to give him too much credit here, but I'm just kidding. He probably deserves all the credit. But he, you know, there are two types of wood that, that are used when, when you're starting a fire. Generally, or, or you can go to Walmart and buy the little quick start stuff. But if you don't have that, there's two types of wood. You got soft wood and hard wood. And the soft wood is, is generally useful for getting it started, but that's about it. If you, I mean, you can use pine and cedar, at the, the soft, the, like the, the wood with the needles. Those, uh, wood for trees with, with the needle leaves, though, those are good for getting it started. And because they burn quickly, they catch quickly, but they consume very fast. And, but, but the hard wood, it's called slow burning. And it emits the, the greatest amount of heat and energy. And it burns the longest. So uh, let's, let's apply that to what we're talking about here tonight. I mean, there are those that you, and you and I know, you and I both know the types of people I'm talking about that I, I am them. There's a, I'm not going to get into that story. Ask me later, I guess. But. Uh, there, there is a, there, there are people who come and they, they're excited about living for God. They, they want to do something great. They want to do something good. They, they want to see an end time revival. They want to see the restoration of souls. They want to see, I mean, great, great things. Amen. But, but you look down the road, you go down the road a few months and, and you look around and nobody, nobody's home. They're not there anymore. I mean, that's because they're, they were a quick burner. They, they, they flashed in the pan, and, and now they're gone. Amen. But what I'm sitting in church with tonight, or I'm standing in church and you're sitting with, is slow burners. People who've been in the thing for a while. They've got some energy. Amen. They, they know, amen, what it's like, amen, to be in the fire. 
They know what it's like, amen, to go through some things. And so they're, they're able to stick around a little bit longer. Amen, and maybe some of these others, amen, only God can change a heart. Only God can change characteristics about somebody. Amen, maybe, amen, a little bit of our spirit, a little bit of our attitude can rub off on some of those new folks. Amen, and they can stick around a little longer and see a little more and experience a little more. Amen, but for those of us who made up our mind, we're going to stick with it. We're going all the way. Amen, we're slow burners. Amen, our hearts are burning. When we come to church, amen, that, it might not be the first song that we're up and moving. might not be the second one either. Sometimes it takes three or four. <laughs> but when it gets burning, there's a genuine, there's an authentic, real expression there. You, you can't deny, amen, a slow burner. You can't deny, and that's exactly what happened with these guys, Emmaus. Amen, they, going to Emmaus, amen, they, the, Jesus said, uh, O fools and slow of heart. Amen, and then later on they said, our hearts were burning. I, I'm here to tell you, amen, but they didn't stop that night, amen, when they got home and nestled in their comfortable, cozy houses. Amen, but they could have. And I'm afraid oftentimes, amen, that we come to an apostolic service like we're in tonight. Amen. And, and God is interested in doing something miraculous, something great. Amen. Something that you have been praying for specifically. Amen. I feel like God wants to do that tonight. And I'm not just trying to hype. I'm just giving you information. You can do with it what you will. Amen. But I believe God always always has the best interest of his children at heart. Amen. He's not interested. The Bible says that he's not willing that any should perish. You know what that means? That means he's doing everything he can to help you be saved. That means he's willing that you would be saved. Aren't you, aren't you interested in knowing and performing the will of God? Well, his will is that you and I, amen, be saved. Hallelujah. Amen. But sometimes we can, amen, get so focused on work and day-to-day -day life that we come to church and we forget. Amen. Now, if, if you try to start a fire with these hard woods, it can, it can work, but it's going to take a lot of gas. Okay, not Brother Goff's camp. You're not going to use gas, but in my camp, I've used it. You wait a little while, smell goes away, you're good. Amen, but it's because I was ill-prepared and I grabbed the wrong wood and I, or whatever was laying around and it's probably wet and it's, Sister Andrian knows exactly what I'm talking about. All right, uh, another quick story. At our house, we, uh, some retard named Jared, uh, failed to uh, organize our heating and gas stuff. Now, I've never had a, ha a house heated by gas before with a propane tank in the back, back yard. Amen. But uh, we do now, and I've learned. Amen. But you've got to get that thing feel filled before the winter comes because if it goes out, then you have no heat for a whole weekend. 
And uh, so, and it's like, I mean, thankfully, it was only like 45 degrees. It was the early part of the winter, but 45 degrees outside. But it gets pretty cold. It got down to like 51 in our house. Amen. And uh, so in those evenings when it was like 30 degrees outside, whatever the, you know, when the, the weather's fluctuating, went outside to get some wood. And it was taking so long to get that fire started. In fact, we just gave up and went to bed because all my wood was wet. I was ill-prepared. I, I, I didn't have what I needed. I mean, sometimes the slow-burning wood, the hardwood, I mean, the, that, it, you know, like oak, that, it takes a while for that to get caught on fire. It takes a while. It takes a lot of energy. It takes a lot of, of, uh, of, of incentive for that to catch on fire. Amen. And if we're not careful, we can forget what it was like when we first originally received the gift of the Holy Ghost. When we were that soft wood. When we were, amen, flammable, more flammable. Where we were more accepting, amen, of the moving of the flames of the Holy Ghost. As the Spirit of God, amen, reached out to us. Amen. That, that is, amen, that, amen, and it's extremely important as we get on into this, uh, amen, as we harden, as our, as our lives, amen, become more stable, that we, that we are, that we remain sensitive to God's Spirit. Amen. But when we catch on fire, amen, there's a, a, a heat, amen, that's, it's really incomparable. Amen, there's a density here. Amen, there's a, a depth, amen, in that individual that when they are caught on fire, amen, it catches another on fire. It catches another on fire because, amen, of the lengthening, amen, the, the long, amen, the, the, how, how, how long and how fervent that flame gets. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Amen. I, I, I had this message prepared for somebody who, who uh, potentially did not receive the Holy Ghost. But there's, I don't think there's anybody here that does not have the Holy Ghost, to my knowledge. Amen. So I'm just going to have to preach to the saints of God. <laughs> Amen. That, that's also just to notify pastor because he's listening online. So. <laughs> so pastor, if you're listening. Amen. I'm, but Luke chapter 24, verses 33 through 35, it says that they rose up, that these same two men rose up when Jesus left. When, when he vanished, the Bible says, he just disappeared. Immediately they, whoa, you know what, we just missed something. Didn't our hearts burn within us? Weren't, that was Jesus. That was the one that we were talking about the whole time. They rose up the same hour, and the Bible says they returned to Jerusalem. I wonder if they're coming from Jerusalem. The Bible may say I didn't notice it when I was studying. Amen. But they returned to, the, to Jerusalem and found the eleven gathered together, and them that were with them, saying, The Lord is risen indeed and hath appeared to Simon. And they told what things were done in the way, and how he was known of them in breaking of bread. Amen. He told them. They said, I've got to tell somebody. I'm not satisfied. Amen. Just keeping this in our own little hut here. Amen. But I've got to go back to Jerusalem and spread the news that Jesus is alive. Hallelujah. I'm talking about slow burners. Amen. Luke chapter 24, verse 36 through 40. Amen. Tells us, and as they thus spake, while they were speaking, when they testified, 
I think Brother Goff got it, but I, I'm waiting for the rest of us. Amen. While they were out there, amen, telling the truth, when they were out there sharing, amen, what God had just done for them. The Bible says that Jesus himself stood in the midst of them. Amen. And saith unto them, peace be unto you. Amen. In a, in a wicked, amen, whipping storm. Amen. That these disciples had just gone through when they realized that they had lost their Savior. The one who had promised them so much. The one who had given to them, amen, these wonderful miracles. Amen, the disciples who had been so close to him. Amen, who had lost truly a friend. I mean, Jesus himself said, peace. <laughs> to all my slow burners, I want to offer a little bit of peace. <laughs> I, I want, I mean, in this last day, Amen. If, if some of you, amen, are willing to step outside of your comfort zone, amen, get outside of the house, amen, and go, amen, back to Jerusalem, amen, perhaps, amen, you just came from there, perhaps, amen, you've already put in a long day worth of work, perhaps, amen, you're tired and you're, you've labored all day, amen, but now Jesus, amen, has revealed himself to you. Now, amen, there's a fresh touch from heaven. Now, amen, he walks with you. Now, amen, you're able to talk with him about all your problems, everything that you're going through. And Jesus, amen, just speaks peace. Be still. Hallelujah. But they, the Bible says, were terrified and affrighted. Affrighted. Amen. Supposed that they had seen a spirit. And he said unto them, why are you troubled? Why do your thoughts arise in your heart? In your hearts. There's something with these slow burning hearts. And slow, they, Jesus, and slow of heart. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Why don't you take a look at my hands? There's a little bit of evidence. Why don't you take a look at my feet? I'm going to give you what you're looking for. I want you to recognize right where you're sitting. I want you to understand I'm going to come amen, that, and show you that it is I myself. I am here. I am alive. My, my, my. Hallelujah. Handle me and see. Amen. For a spirit hath not flesh and bones. Uh, this is no illusion. Amen. This is no trick. I'm not playing a magic trick on you. Amen. This is genuine. You can get a hold of me. Amen. You can see for yourself. Hallelujah, as ye see me have. And when he had thus spoke, he showed him his hands. They showed them that his hands and his feet. Now, there, I'm talking, those are the slow burning hearts. Amen, the ones, they believe. Amen, but, you know, took some convincing. Now, I know there are no Thomases in here, but next we're going to talk about Thomas. John chapter 20, verse 24 through 29. But Thomas, the Bible says one of the twelve, 
called Didymus was not with them when Jesus came. He didn't see. He didn't get that experience. The other disciples therefore said unto him, We have seen the Lord. But he said unto them, Except I shall see in his hands the print of the nails, put my finger into the print of the nails, and thrust my hand into his side, I will not believe. And after eight days again, his disciples were within. And Thomas with them. Then came Jesus, the doors being shut, and stood in the midst and said the same thing. Peace be unto you, Thomas. I've already sent this message to the rest of the apostles, but I want you to know that I'm sending peace. Then saith he to Thomas, before he said this, by implication of what he said, what Jesus said. He's basically saying, I know what you said. I, I heard you. Unless I put my hand in the fingerprint. Jesus said, reach hither your finger and behold my hands. And reach hither thy hand and thrust it into my side. And be not faithless, but believing. Oh, I feel the Holy Ghost. Amen. Jesus is willing. God is willing. Amen. To go to great lengths. Amen. To prove himself to his people. He said, he said in our text, amen, ought not the Christ have just gone through this and right back to glory. I mean, that was his original desire and plan, but, but he knew that there's some slow burners here. I mean, there's some individuals that need some proving, that need some, I mean, convincing. I mean, church, we're not, amen, in, I, and I'll admit it, I'll admit it. I require a lot of convincing. You're, I'm, I'm I, I don't want to say I'm stubborn, but I'm determined. <laughs> I try not to be stubborn, but, but I do, amen, I, that was not original with me. Sister Webb, amen, told, used to tell Sister Adriana that when, when she said, I'm not stubborn, but I'm determined, amen, so that's not original with me, but, so kind of finding the, the loopholes here, but, amen, I'm determined in my faith, no, but I, I don't want to be stubborn, but there are some times I, I am I could be very cynical. I could be very skeptical. Hey, Josh is nodding his head back there. <laughs> Amen. But, but, but it, requires, it requires a lot to, to get, convince me, but there is probably not very many people that are more passionate about things. When, when I got a hold of something, I, I'm telling you, I'm very excited about it, and I've got to tell everybody, and I'm not patting myself on the back. Probably that's a lot of, probably a lot of problems there. So, I mean, don't inspire to do that. But, but it's, a, it's a matter of, of, of just convincing. And I'm telling you right now that if we can, and, and music can come, amen, we're, we're done. That's hope right there. Amen. But I don't want to be like Thomas. Man, when I get a hold of it, I definitely want to get a hold of it. I want it to burn. I want it to have a long, amen, burn. But I, I don't want it. I don't want to be one of those ones that when God is trying to tug at my heartstrings and trying to get me to respond, amen, I, I want to respond very sensitively. I mean, you can, you can read, I, I, I've got 
plenty more here. I, I am honestly, I'm on page two, but I don't want to go too far. David was a, a man after God's own heart, the Bible says. And you can read through the book of Psalms how many times the Bible says that David was working on his heart. Psalms 24. Let me get there. I'm sorry. Psalms 26 and 2. Examine me, O Lord, and prove me. Try my reins and my heart. God, I, I know there's something. I, I've got to make sure my heart is right. I've got to make sure that, that I'm, I've, I've got that softness when I need it, but I've got that hardness when I need it. I don't want to flame out. I don't want to burn out, but I, but I do want to be sensitive to you. Hallelujah. I mean, living for God requires this kind of balance. He said in Psalm 51, verse 10, when he realized that there was something in his heart, Amen. When he realized he had, he had made a mistake, he had, he had sinned. Amen. Amen. In Psalms chapter 51, verse 10, create in me, God. Create in me a clean heart. Renew in me a right. God, if you need to, just start all over again. Amen. But give me the right kind of heart. Amen. When God judged Saul and took David in his place, amen, it was because Saul rejected God's commandments. He didn't have it in his heart. Amen. He wouldn't respond. Amen. If we could all stand tonight. Hallelujah. Amen. The Lord told Samuel when he was choosing David, look not on his countenance. Don't look on the outward appearance. For the Lord looks on the heart. The Lord's looking, amen, in this place at each and every one of our hearts. Amen. He wants to know, amen, how many of us believe. I, I quoted this scripture earlier, but when the Lord returns to this earth, he's looking, for, he's looking for faith. He's looking for, amen, he's looking for those of us who have it burning in our heart. Do, do, is it burning in your heart? Is it burning in your heart? Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Jesus said, if you love me, if you love me, if you love me, keep my commandments. Get it in your heart if you love me. Get it in your heart. Hallelujah. Amen. Let's lift our hands unto the Lord right now. Thankful, Lord, for your spirit. Amen. That's in this place tonight. I thank you, God, for the witness of the Holy Ghost. Amen. That I feel right now. Hallelujah, Jesus. Hallelujah, Jesus. I don't want to neglect, God, what you want to do. I want you to have your way, God. Hallelujah. I don't want to be too slow, God, but I don't want to be too fast. I don't want to burn out, God. Hallelujah, Jesus. I want you to have your way tonight. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Oh, that's it, church. Amen. If you've got, amen, if you feel like you want to talk to the Lord, why don't you come around this altar? I believe the Lord, amen, has something special for us tonight. Hallelujah, Jesus.